Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Okay, today we have finished Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Uh, excited to talk about the ending, but of course, we've got to get warmed up. I've got a rant for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm curious to, I'm curious to see if you or other people agree with me or have, have the same gripe here. Mm. Um, yeah, go. And that's going to be with the volume of television. Generally, in one sense, but I'm going to get specific here because I've recently been enjoying Hulu. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulu, you can get the, the ad-supported version. It's a little bit cheaper. That's what we've got. Mm. And the, like, volume of the show is, like, kind of low. So you have to turn the volume up super high. Uh, I see where you're going. Okay. And then the commercials are, like, double the volume of the show. Like, it's double might be an exaggeration, but it's not by a lot. Okay? Uh It's, like, genuinely unbearable where you either have to turn the volume like down super far yeah yeah or just mute it and sit there for like two minutes yeah luke it's crazy this is so funny to me because this is like a really old this is an old issue like that my parents were talking about this with like tv back when you plugged it into your wall and you had to like wait for your show to come back on because right it was like the time of day it was happening and the reason why i think this is very funny is for TV, they actually, I think they passed a law that that required the volume of the commercials to be close to the actual show. I, I think mm. it's called the Quiet Act, actually. Like, I'm honestly, I don't know why I know so much about this. Hold on. Hold on. I, don't, I gotta, let's make sure we're, we're doing our diligence here. All right, Luke. It's actually called the Calm Act. It's not the Quiet Act. It was called okay. the Calm Act. And is this an acronym? This is an or acronym. Is it, just... it stands for Commercial Advertisement Loudness Mitigation Act. Which is like, of course, it, of course. Of course. It like, has to. You don't have to give it a name. Seriously, guys, come on. Um, this is a rule, an FCC rule, that requires commercials to have the same average volume as the programs they accompany. Luke, guess when this went into effect? When? 2012. That's recent. That's surprisingly recent. Uh, it's a decade ago. Um, I've, I'll, like, I don't understand why it's needed. It seems like that would be desirable <laughs> for all parties involved. Right. Like, who would... Who? Okay, yes. Yeah. All right, let's break this down, Luke. Let's break this down. So Obviously, from our perspective, it sucks, right? From a person, from a person yeah. who's watching TV, it's terrible. I don't want a super loud commercial and if it's bad for us what do your advertisers want do they want me to be annoyed as soon as the commercial comes on it's like oh if it's more loud they're more likely to buy the thing i don't i feel like there's a decent chance that that's what some like random consultants say right like it's like (laughs) clearly wrong they're actually selling products to your neighbors and they need it to be loud enough to where they hear at a comfortable volume (laughs) right it's it's terrible i do have a theory though okay but it's specific to hulu okay sure so hulu like ad supported is i don't know i don't remember how much it is it's like eight dollars let's say Mm -hmm. and then without ads it's like 12 Mm -hmm. i'm honestly considering getting paying the extra money (laughs) because it's so loud not because the ads take too long but because i have to like be diligent with the remote and mute it and unmute it every time Uh uh-huh interesting which i i will say if i'm like choosing if i'm an advertiser and i am aware of this scheme i'm not super thrilled no you're not at all (laughs) actually but it's it's the only explanation available to me. I think that there is a good chance that is a part of the calculus for Hulu. He's mm-hmm. trying to get folks to pay more. Um, I 
I think you should be made aware that there are advertisement mitigation soft. There is advertisement mitigation software out there in the ether floating around. I'm not necessarily advocating for that. Uh, granted, <laughs> granted, our show isn't funded by ads, so who the fuck cares? But uh, there, there are potential solutions to this problem that are. Well, Hulu might not love it. Uh, right. I mean, fuck them. I think <laughs> oh, they make some good shows. I mean, good for them, but also don't blast the ads at me, Hulu. Come on, don't blast the ads. Don't blast the ads. Here's, and then, okay, we'll go ahead. Actually, if you. I mean, here's the alternative. Let's say you have a, a half-hour TV show. In the course of that TV show, let's say a like a good amount. There's like a good amount of whispering that goes on. And then like a few really loud explosions in the show. And in order to get that dynamic range, you know, there's like a pretty wide gap in the decibel levels for the show because it's like it's more dramatic to get the dynamic audio levels. And so maybe when you average that out, that's what the commercials are coming at you. You know what I mean? Maybe this is the average. It's just for most of the show you don't notice because it's down here. It's like, hey, quick, we got to diffuse the bomb. Or else all of SeaWorld is going to fall into the ocean. You know what Here's I mean? To, okay, to this point, actually, mm-hmm. I, I said volume generally at the start of this and then and then zoned in. Um, I, this might be, this is going to be a classic, like, you're getting older thing. But, like, is it really hard to hear the TV now? <laughs> I feel like we're doing too much whispering in shows. I can never understand them. Uh, <laughs> I've got subtitles on every show. No, I hate subtitles, Luke. I can't do subtitles. I can't hear it, okay? <laughs> Luke, you might just be getting old. Might be getting old. Might be getting old. Maybe, Luke. I feel like this I feel like this is a thing. I feel like they're, we're putting like music and, and then like whispering. And it's... Luke, can I offer a suggestion? Pretty. Yes, please. What what is your audio setup for your TV right now? Is it just coming it's just out? Just coming out of the TV. Yeah, the soundbar. I'm telling you, man. Maybe invest in like some speakers, some like actual okay. speakers for your TV because we've got that with our setup and okay. way better. Like significant. Do you have like a, just a soundbar next to the TV? Do you have like speakers around the room? Yeah. So I, I it's not speakers around the room. I did get like a um. Oh, what is that called? There's like a thing you plug speakers into that handles like radio and other stuff as well. Or something. something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it, but we've also just plugged the TV into that so we can get the like, and I've got like okay. two kind of small speakers, but they're like decent, you know, they're like fine speakers. They're way better than your TV speakers, right? Because you're not buying a TV for the like sound quality of it. And so that... That might help with your problem of just like... This might help. I also, now that it's summer here, have the AC often on and that's causing (laughs) issues. Okay, yeah. That could also be an issue. And then, of course, Luke, we are... uh, We're we're also just getting kind of old now. So maybe this is what our parents were just always complaining about. And we were like, okay, whatever, dude. Right, right. I don't know. Okay, Okay, hold on, though. You talked about whispering. I think we also need to address the fact that a lot of TV shows and movies are too dark now. Is that a real thing? Oh, yeah. That's, That's that, for sure. Okay. That's too much darkness, guys. We we asked yeah. you to show us something, and you're not doing it, and I'm upset. I could just turn my TV off if I wanted to I f- look at black <laughs> the whole time. I feel like... I don't know a ton about film. So, um, but my sense is that people were like, they really seem to like that first Batman movie. <laughs> Maybe it was because it was dark. <laughs> and then now all the movies are dark. Um, That's my extremely uneducated theory. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And, ooh, Ooh, maybe they've all just been looking at the trends of TV over the years. And they were like, starting off, we were black and white. And everything was like pretty bright. And then we went into color. And then the TV movies have slowly and slowly been getting darker and darker. Not in like thematically wise, but just in terms of like the actual color palette of the shows. 
and it's just because they're like, oh, it looks new. We got to make it dark. I think crank the light down. It's everybody, <laughs> everybody hates how bright it is. This is 2020. <laughs> this is true. I think, and we're maybe going too long on this, but I think there's a, there's another little conspiracy here between the people that make shows and the people that sell TVs. Because every yeah. time you hear somebody talking about what makes a TV good, it's like the dark, the darker darks is what you want to look at. They want the dynamic range. The darker that black is, the better the TV. And like, what are you talking about? That Blacks, make- <laughs> Black's off. Black is just off, guys. Turn, the, turn those pixels off. You realize black is off. That's, that's easy. I could do black. Right. And then, and then the, the, the guys that make the TV shows are getting in on the cut by being like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta accentuate the black. Right. Big TV is coming to the people making shows. It is like, Hey, look, I know everybody really wanted to see the last episodes of Game of Thrones, but you gotta make it 90% black. You gotta make it mostly black because these TVs are not selling. We'll give you 30%, okay? Make it all black. That's it. Uh, At least from what I hear. I I didn't actually ever watch Game of Thrones, so who could say? I don't think that was the main issue with Game of Thrones, but um, generally, it's too dark. It's too dark and too... (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, I'll we'll be yelling at the kids to get off our lawn uh, in the next episode. But I think we should probably talk about the Sword of Shannara loot. Yeah, Sword okay. of Shannara, which we have finished. Um, what do we? What, are, what? What do you want to start with? You don't have a summary for this one, right? Oh, of course I have a summary for this one. Like this is a long a section. Nice. I think we need okay. to summarize real quick what happened uh, for the agree. listeners. Feel free to jump in to add anything to this. Uh, but so. Where we left off, we're in this walled city that's about to be attacked by a huge force from the enemy. Things aren't looking very good, okay? Mm-hmm. Also, we find out that this like weird scrawny boy had the sword the whole time. Um, but, so we're in this city. The king of this city, kind of like the ruler of this empire of man we find out has been corrupted by like a nervous, gross magic boy who's clearly working for the enemy. And this king decides not to call for aid in like a dire time of need. This king is like, ah, nah, we'll be fine. Uh, then, uh, of course, like the battle happens. Uh, at one point, we get a dwarf and a ranger that are, like, fighting back-to-back against overwhelming odds to try and buy the king more time and, like, seal a door that's being breached. Um, the enemy that's fighting against this big walled city uses, like, a key weak point in the wall to break in. Uh, and it looks like things are about to, like, completely fall. Like, it's about to be all over. Um, and at that point, like as things are looking darkest, like this mounted, huge mounted force comes in to relieve, like suddenly relieve the defenders and like potentially turn the tide, um, of this thing. Uh, so that's like kind of what's happening at this walled city. And like simultaneously while this is happening, there's this other group that's going to like kind of beat the big bad guy in a different way. Um, and... (laughs) We learn we learn that the like insane, weird, kind of scrawny guy has an obsession with the item that they need to solve this crisis. Like it's not only that he has it, but he's like obsessed with it. Like it's all he thinks about, and he like refuses to give it up. Um, and w- like at the same moment that this like battle is happening in the city, the finally our main little guy gets the thing he needs to get to the place that he's trying to get and uses it to destroy the evil empire. Um, which I, we should also mention that the, the crazy scrawny like guy is there at the same time. And there's kind of like a weird fight that happens between all three of them. Um, but then, you know, as soon as uh, our little guy uses this, magic item to destroy the evil empire it like literally collapses you know it like 
collapses in like on physically. itself, like physically collapses, like down right. onto the ground. Like at there's the like moment, earthquake. there's an earthquake. The whole like this whole fortress that the bad guy had been raising up and operating from like collapses, um, like at the moment of their death. Um, and as that happens, like it's clear that everything is over and uh, the good guys have won. They all return home. And our little guys are kind of there realizing that the quiet, like, life that they left doesn't really have the same allure that it used to at mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else? I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed here. That That's a, I mean, it's a pretty good summary to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we have a good understanding of what happened in uh, sort of, sort of Shannara now. Um, so, I I think I'd like to get us. I, the point that I would like to get us started happens like a little bit later into the reading. Is there anything from the beginning you wanted to talk about? Um. Uh, you go ahead. Okay. Because mine are mostly late as well. I think this is somewhat related to a point we hinted at before, but here it's kind of blown wide open. So we find out that like uh, Balinar and everybody gets locked up and it seems like things aren't going to go well. And then somebody breaks in to like help them escape. And it's fucking Hendel, the dwarf. I was yes pissed. I was like, why is Hendel here? He's supposed to get the dwarves to help. What is he doing here? This is not his job. This is a good point. The dwarves never showed up. They never showed up. Granted, we hear that they're being attacked like by a force of their own to kind of keep them right. occupied, which is fine. But I was like, when we first show, when we he first shows up, I'm like, get out of here, Hendel. You need to be bringing reinforcements. And then it goes into detail with like what Hendel's journey was like. Okay, Hendel left them. Right, he left them and went mm-hmm. to the Dwarven city talked to all the people there, found out what was going on, then realized he needed to come back, made it back. Do you know how long all of that took, Hendel? This, I will say this is a bit of a theme. I know. Do you know how long it took Hendel to do all that shit, to go to the Dorvan City, talk to everybody, figure out the plan, and then come back? It's I, From what I remember, it's like, two days they told him it was two days they told him (laughs) that the person got locked up two days ago two days right how i mean what the how big is this nation how tiny it's gotta be okay okay and then here's the other question luke why are all these cities a day's walk apart these are okay, massive yes, population this... centers. And it's like within a day you can get from one to the other? Okay, but more than that, like, if they're this close, there's got to be trade running back and forth, like, all the time. Why are we sending, like, why are we sending crucial members to communicate these types of things? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. <laughs> Later... When they're like, okay, when do you think we can expect elves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is my other one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, calcul- I forget like whose perspective this is, but I think they, they're they talking about when like the, the Elven King sent for help. Like, okay, you can probably expect it in like two days again. What? Are you, what? An army? It means these cities have to be within like a day's march of each other. That's like, that's 20 miles. Because, like, an army doesn't march as fast as, like, one or, or a, a group of people, a small group, can go. No, right? No. Armies are, like five, like, five miles a day. And especially a big army, which is what the Elf King is bringing. It's massive. Right. Right. Granted, like, I think most of them are cavalry, but, like... But they have, like, a supply train. Like, they have to keep these people fed and, like... They're not full gallop going across the country. Yeah, but it's a day. It's, do they need to really coordinate a supply <laughs> chain? 
I guess not. When you're just gonna be gone for a day, you bring like a backpack with a Sammy in it or something. Everybody, pack your PB and Js. We'll be back next tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess they don't need a supply chain. I don't know, man. It's it feels like they're all too close together. Also, imagine if they go to war. What does a war look like between these? races if their cities are like half a like a day's march away i don't this is the the also craziest thing is that like our 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 uh veil folk Mm -hmm. have like never seen (laughs) never seen any like elves or dwarves or the big city and it's like take a like week weekend backpacking trip to the city (laughs) especially when i think it takes them like i think this is being generous by saying it took them like a week to get to this place on their journey like from the veil i feel like it's a week walk one week walk to get there yeah maybe and then you're within a day of like all these other famous places like go see the dwarves in a day go see the elves the next day like outstanding vacation prospect here yeah like the tourism opportunities are massive what what are we doing guys where where's the train where's the high-speed rail that's connecting all these things (laughs) it's it's tough it's unfathomable it's honestly unfathomable to me that these cities are that close together yes i agree it's like logistically straight like tough to to figure out imagine the border disputes because like you have to feed these population centers so the land around the city is like yeah this is all of our wheat like stay away (laughs) this is the line which means that the wheat comes to this city okay get out of here elves stop encroaching on our wheat i'm Okay, so the they're talking about how it's like this this area mm-hmm. of the like four uh I don't know, is it four kingdoms? Yeah, I believe so. We we'll call it four kingdoms. I didn't get a good sense of what's like outside of that. Like I'm assuming farther north is just like more barren wasteland because mm-hmm. that's where the warlock king. But like what's farther south and what's farther west and what's farther east? Luke, it's the thing. Do you know what I mean? It's the things they have to defend. It's the Southlands. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Go farther away. You guys have been like pissed at each other for thousands of years. Spread out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot more to the South that we didn't really see a lot of. Like maybe the Vale. I imagine the Vale is to the South and where Manion's from is to the South. But yeah, but like those are backwaters. They do seem like backwaters. Yeah, maybe don't put your capital. Maybe don't put your capital. Maybe don't put your capital on the border with a hostile power that has an army, which apparently you had no idea that was like huge. Like the most massive army you've anyone's ever seen. And you decide to put your capital right on the border. Maybe don't do that. Right, right. You can keep a castle there. But have a have a bigger, cooler, less militarized city a little bit farther south. Yeah. Maybe the cultural center of your empire, which is also where the government can be seated, isn't right at the border. A lot of notes to be given to these to these groups. This is why a couple times they're like, man, this after like all of this adventure this super long time that we've spent doing this. And it's like, I don't know, man. I felt like this was like three weeks max. This was like June. This was like you took one month of your summer vacation to go on a like trip. This is why at the end, um, their dad, Flick and Shay's dad, doesn't really ask about it. Because he's like, oh, how's your, how's your trip? <laughs> seems, seems, seems like you guys have grown. You know, pretty good. How is that weird? Just guy? a normal length trip to the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That seems right to me. It seems like this is just a jaunt. This is not a... This is a bit of a jaunt for them. Yeah. Mm. This brings up another point that I want to talk about, actually. Somewhat related to how close everything is together and how short this journey was. For a while, I thought that horses didn't exist because I went back and looked. Apparently... A horse was referenced within the first like 50 pages or so, but it was like, Mm. that was like the first reference and we didn't see the person on the horse. We just heard about a horse. And then the next time horses are referenced are on page like 580 when they're charging into battle. So I think until that point, I was pretty sure there weren't any horses. Now knowing that there are horses, why are we walking everywhere? This Mm. quest could have been done in like a week. And instead, Especially when you consider the, like, prince of the most powerful kingdom is part of the group. You can't commission a few horses? Also, if everything is this close together, horses, I feel like, would be so valuable. Right. Yeah, you don't have to stay in an inn along the way from these cities because you just ride to the next city. <laughs> it's so nice. They wouldn't have had to go through uh, the dragon's crease. Just a quick, let's just go around the mountain. Just real quick. Right. Just hop on a horse. We'll be around it in like a day. It's fine. <laughs> Especially considering gnomes are just little guys. So yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going to be on a huge horse. I don't care about, I can, a bunch of gnomes could come attack me. I don't care. The horse right. is just going to run over him. Right. Why yeah, Why didn't I they mean, use horses, Luke? Because what I was going to say is that they have to be, like, super rare, but they're not. Because, would, like, every elf has a horse. Right. This is not like Stormlight, where there's five horses anywhere, and right. they're super expensive to keep. No, there's a cavalry. Even if they were. Even if they were. Let's count our members of the group. Alanon. A thousand-year-old druid. Uh-huh. Balinor, the, like, future leader of the world. Yeah. Um, Minion, another <laughs> prince. <laughs> the elves, I think, are both related to the king. They are. Yeah. Give me, give me some resources. You're forgetting the most crucial member of this whole party, which is a descendant of the only dude who could use the fucking sword. Right. Can we not right. requisition a little bit more resources than dry beef jerky and good walking shoes? Please, like just borrow even the worst horses out there. <sighs> this is again kind of playing into our theory about this not being the first time that Alanon has taken this quest and maybe mm. it just is becoming too expensive for him to outfit parties with horses just to get them eaten by the like demons in his weird sex dungeon that he has to take them all through <laughs> right <laughs> that's the most likely explanation to me as well it's just been too many <laughs> it's too expensive for Alanon to keep bringing horses down here it's Come on, guys. <laughs> Could it? Yeah. It seems very easy to have gotten to the to the to the big bad guys' lair in like two days. Espe- oh, dude. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this: we sent a bunch of people to give important messages to other places. If there are horses hmm. available, why is Hendel walking? We need the aid of the dwarves as quickly as possible. Go run, Hendel. Run as fast as you can. It's How fast is that? How fast is that? Because it's not faster than a horse. It's also like so much of this, they're sleep deprived because they've been walking <laughs> through the night. Correct. Yeah. It's... <sighs> I I will say very strong and uh, a lot of stamina going on. Oh, yeah. They're carrying lots of food. They're carrying lots of water. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're walking like twenty three hours a day. Right. Right. And then the last hour they're setting a watch and when they fail to do it, it just like the whole quest completely disintegrates. So Right. right. Mm-hmm. Can we can we just talk about well, okay, I have a few notes on when they get to the the like actual Northland. Yeah, let's do it. Cause so do I. <laughs> okay, so so they get past the big black curtain, mm-hmm. the steel curtain. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, is that what it was called? <laughs> the iron iron, the iron curtain. curtain. Iron curtain. It's more of an iron um, curtain. Yeah. More of an iron curtain. And there's like nothing. It's like no living things yeah i think you might be hitting on my first note about this place except for all of the large trolls that live there Mm -hmm. and some of the like minions that that seem like like i don't really know what they are but of the of the um like the mutas or whatever the mutants yes Mm -hmm. what do trolls eat yep what do, what do any of these people eat? Because there is a army that is bigger than any army that we have seen. Massive. Right. Like gnomes upon gnomes upon gnomes upon trolls upon trolls upon trolls. And they all come from the Northland. What are any of them eating? Is it rock? Is it just rock? I mean, okay. I'm assuming gnomes are not eating. or Gnomes need like real food. I would guess. Rock trolls, I'm not sure. You're saying maybe they call them rock trolls because they eat rock? I should have paid more attention to see if Kaltset ate anything. Oh, damn. I also don't remember if he ever ate anything. Uh, Luke, if we were professionals, we would know. We would but know. But more, also, what are we drinking? Right, the only river is like poison. The other river is pure poison. Very concentrated poison. Um, it rains really hard though sometimes, so maybe they've got some rain catchment systems. Yeah, maybe they have. Oh, oh. I mean, maybe this is a case of not unreliable narrator, but uninformed narrator, right? So you're saying we didn't see Shay shows up, and he's used to corn grows up out of the ground, looks green, beautiful, verdant. That's what Shay knows for food. He's looking mm-hmm. around. He sees dirt. He sees rock he doesn't see potato or carrot and maybe sure maybe the like green parts of this are like brown or whatever maybe it doesn't look uh, when i say potato right maybe shay sees rock and he doesn't know this sure. is potato this isn't rock come on you could eat it right so he's just ignorant of how they do things in the north and like yeah it rains a lot maybe they have a, like a sophisticated rain catching system so these like cultures that have developed in the north have just developed differently and shay looks at it and is like there's no life here it's desolate meanwhile the rock trolls are like what are you talking about it's great we're also only seeing a small portion right we're seeing like the the straight line to the the skull king yeah but i will say it all it feel the vibe i get when this is described it all feels like this I agree, but maybe it's a planned economy. And he's like, okay, we need vibes for most of it. Most of it's vibes. And then like a couple corners, we've got fields. He's got his fertile his fertile areas that the Warlock King is like, all right, these farmers are not going to have a good time, but they are going to supply the food to every one of these gnomes that are going to run in and destroy the South. It's efficient sure you've got all the you've got all the rain coming in and it's 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 too much rain i'll say i'll say too much rain that's brave for like that's brave of you luke for for a real uh a real farm it's like destroying the landscape Mm -hmm. we're diverting that away right that's getting diverted to our fertile areas oh luke i've just realized the issue actually because you make a good point it's too much rain and it's destroying the landscape maybe this isn't a new phenomenon or maybe this isn't an old phenomenon maybe this is a new phenomenon maybe the reason why the warlock king is invading is because the climate in the north has become unsuitable for food production and they 
They have a huge population they have to sustain and they can no longer do it with the land that they have. Maybe it's like a Dust Bowl situation. Okay. I can see, I I can see this. Yeah. And nobody, nobody thinks. The conquering is, we we need more land. We need. We need food. In the, in the, in the big thing a thousand years ago, you guys gave me the shitty land. Finally scraped together a good population. Now I'm coming. Now I'm coming back because we're hungry. We want corn. We're t- we're tired of potato. We want corn. Right. I think it's I think it's mostly mushrooms in the rock troll caves. Mm, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. It's we've been eating mushrooms for thousands of years. Right. I want some of those hot pockets. They want hot meal. They really want hot meal. Yeah. I can't blame them, honestly. Neither can I. Neither um, can I was I. okay. So, so I was with that in mind. I was starting to drift towards um, the warlock king side, mm-hmm. kind of like the trolls, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like the trolls aren't bad people. They're trolls necessarily. They've just, they've just, I guess, chosen to fight for the warlock king or been manipulated into it. Yeah, I think there was kind of like a. Um, forced into it maybe yeah like a remember the main kind of situation i can't yeah i can't remember i can't tell if they're like actually like made to do it or like their thought like they're have been like lied to and stuff like i agree it's tough to tell with these trolls if this was just a effective propaganda campaign or if the like warlock king is like using his will to manipulate them Yes. Which which I will say is impressive. Um it's tough to make the people fighting on your side think they're the good guys when like your name is the Skull King. Your capital is like the shape of a skull. <laughs> your lieutenants are all skull bearers and they're like flying evil wraiths that can't be in sunlight. <laughs> And you're like clearing the way for this iron curtain that is like destroying life. It's t- it's it's a hard sell. It is wild that all it took for the trolls to join that side was like, hey, hey, dwarves killed your like most famous people. Dwarves killed your Kardashians, trolls. Dwarves did it. I promise you it was the dwarves. Now join me at my big... <laughs> dark death empire and the trolls are like they were very popular (laughs) yeah i agree i i feel like there had to be some mental manipulation happening some like magical Mm -hmm. mental manipulation happening because like there's no way you convince all the trolls to to do this right yeah there's there's no way especially because like the ones that we actually see in non-militarized settings seem like pretty good pretty reasonable as well yeah they have like cool culture they have like a very interesting legal system right i don't know seems like they kind of have good heads on their giant shoulders Celtic comes in there and is like you're you're it's gonna be tough to believe me but <laughs> The side with the big skull mountain or the baddies? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Let's let's try and give them a little bit of credit though. Maybe okay. maybe the gnomes. Okay, here's what here's the deal. There's a, clearly a ton more n- gnomes than trolls. Yeah, in terms of numbers. In I terms of so, numbers, yeah. I feel like the ratio is like 100 to 1 or maybe even 1,000 to 1 gnomes to trolls. Sure. And the gnomes have never seemed super like with it mentally. Like they've never seemed like the ones who are strategizing or in charge. Right. I agree. And so perhaps the gnomes were like definitely under the warlocks, warlock king's control. And the trolls mm. like... Sure, one troll could probably take out a hundred gnomes, but there's just going to be a thousand more to like drown you, and so it's kind of an intimidation thing. Where like, okay, 
the trolls went along with it because if they didn't, they were going to get demolished by all these gnomes. Sure, sure. Um, and the dwarf thing was just like a convenient excuse for them to all like kind of lie to themselves about why they're doing this. Right. Um, it's really just about getting hot meal. <laughs> they really want hot meal. Yeah. Yeah. And not drowned under a tidal wave of angry gnomes, angry, smelly, that, yeah. thick gnomes. It's fair. I mean, I don't want that. I don't know. Could be nice. <laughs> Depends how thick they are. True. Okay, so I have... I ha- okay, I have a couple notes. Where, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go back to the like actual big battle i would like to go back to the big battle yeah okay i'll say he writes battle scenes very well in my opinion oh yeah the battle was good the battle honestly reminded me of some of the cooler battle scenes we've read like it reminded me somewhat of the um malazan some of the malazan battle scenes Mm -hmm. that we had read which i really enjoyed so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah battle was cool yeah, the battle the battle's cool. There's a lot of little strategic things. A lot of times in these battle scenes, I have a hard time grasping like fully what's happening, but they're they're still very fun to read. Um I love that Balinor is just a really big boy as we as we always love a big boy. We do. And seems to be able to just like bowl people over. <laughs> like there's when a he... scene There's a scene, I think it's before the actual army gets there where he's like fighting his own brothers, uh, like troops and they like all try to stop him. And the, the like description is like, he was just too big <laughs> and like ran through them all. He's just like a big offensive lineman and can just, when he's tired of fighting, he could just put his right. head down and charge and he'll make it. Right. His poise stats. Very high. <laughs> super high incredible yeah he does that a few times it's like a common move for him too yeah which is i mean use your strength right yeah put some put some like uh what are the things that are on like chariot wheels <laughs> little swords on chariot wheels <laughs> i don't know what those put are some of those on this guy slices some slices yeah. just on his sides oof could make it hard to move luke could could make it a little tough to move but could be effective i don't know i think just get him a helmet and some some padding and then just yeah, let him go sure. nuts could be the move uh speaking of strategy luke why are we sending in wave after wave after wave of gnome fodder when we have literal unkillable skull bearers who fly well they can only do it at night dan oh i forgot (laughs) you know what no notes then (laughs) um right (laughs) these guys have laser eyes they have laser eyes they can't be killed except by these freaking elven stones or whatever and you're holding them in reserve you're holding them in reserve. If I'm a gnome... Okay, let's put yourself in the perspective of a gnome that they're telling to charge into the boiling oil that they're going to light on fire. <laughs> All right, hey, take this grappling hook and throw it up on the wall and then climb the thing and go in there and attack. Meanwhile, I'm looking at these unkillable things that are like sitting in the back eating grapes and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Send in your bad super magic things. And have them take all the people off the wall, and then I'll go up. Right. Because um, when we do see them come up, mm-hmm. they come up, like, actually in the middle of the day. Correct. After but they, they just, like, go they're, they're just like go vertical. It's like pure and, intimidation. Yeah. Yeah. Use your laser eyes. The, the freaking oil... It's like, hey, I see that they have giant things of oil up there. 
Um, maybe from here, you could shoot your laser eyes at the oil. Be and then help. light them on fire. That would be crazy cool. That would be very cool. There's a quick tip. An easy, there's, that's one for you. That's a free one. I'm happy to be a consultant for you. <laughs> I don't these guys I don't I feel like have been underutilized throughout most of the book I feel like they suck I feel like they've kind of been bad I mean not when they're actually fighting somebody tell me who they've actually defeated in battle okay tell me any give me an example of any success that one of these skull bears has had a single example of a success very good point. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a single time that they have accomplished their intended goal. They have screamed a lot about the things that they wanted to accomplish and then com- right. and then like totally didn't do it. Yeah. I mean they they flew around searching for, for Flick and Shay for a while. Uh-huh. Missed him every time. Yep. Um lost a wrestling match to Alanon. Mm-hmm. And then seemingly beat Keltset and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but then lost to the Elfstones. So yeah, over, over all of them. Big over three. Also, you're forgetting the thing that like is one of the most important things that the Warlock King sent them to do, which is bring the sword back. Uh, <laughs> nope, didn't do that. Didn't do that at all. And in fact, a weird, crazy gnome did that, huh? Right. Seems like you got beat by a weird, crazy gnome. This? Okay. To back up for just a second. Yeah. We saw the scene, maybe it was last section, where the Warlock King is like, okay, guys, send out a group, collect the sword, bring it back. Um, What do you think? Like, that's like a five-mile walk <laughs> over there. <laughs> And you're flying, and you're flying, so it'll be pretty quick for you. Just, just a quick trip for you. You, you can sense where it is, so you should be able to pick it up pretty quick. Um, and then he like takes a month long nap. Like, okay, (laughs) give me, give me updates. Hey, Warlock King, uh, (laughs) we didn't catch it, but we're heading out this afternoon again let you know when we get back tomorrow i'll be the warlock king here okay yeah cool cool well it is a sword so just as long as you kind of patrol around my castle and make sure that you don't see anyone approaching in the vast desolate space that should right, there be. is no cover yeah there's there literally no cover single <laughs> so as long as just you know follow your senses follow your gut look for the sword and then like if you see anybody coming just get them if um an an unlikely chance of someone on our side brings the sword in um go ahead and take that and bring it to me um right don't leave it with a captive in a cell yeah that'd be cool if you did that it's actually kind of a, it's kind of a big priority so so when it's here maybe bring it to me right here's another idea here's another idea we're just spitballing here as the warlock king uh, no swords allowed anywhere on the premises. Mm, mm-hmm. And any sword shows yeah. up, just take it further north. You know, just keep it going. Sure. Yeah, there's as no reason for can. swords to be here. No, we're having this is a no sword zone. No swords, spears, totally cool. Pikes, we love pikes. Give me a hammer. Hammers are great. Swords, mm, trolls love hammers. Not into hammer. Not into swords. Get them out of here, please. Every sword. It's not worth the risk. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Which, okay, brings me to another thing about the sword and Shay's vibe with the sword, okay? Because he picks this thing up and he's like, wow, it's like destiny brought me to this place and it's all coming together at this one time for this to happen. What? Okay. 
Shay, it's called the Sword of Shannara. It's not called the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile of Shannara. So you're gonna have to be right there with the Warlock King for it to have any effect. Like, what did you think you were gonna do with this sword? Like, wave it around and cast a magic spell? It's a sword, Shea. Like, you're you're gonna have to stab somebody with it. Right. Of course you had to be I right mean, by the Warlock King. Of course, sure, yeah. I mean, I kind of a mistake, though, in the design. <laughs> yeah, not a good design, yeah. Because, like, when you... I think when he's talking to Alan on later... Alan's like, I'm glad you're able to figure out because actually, like, the fact that it's a sword, literally 100% irrelevant and not even related to how it works at all. Um, it could have been literally any object. Uh, literally yeah. any object. But swords? Here's, a, here's... We're spitballing still. Um, the Warlock King really likes skulls. Here's a ring... In the shape of a skull, maybe I'll put it on. It's totally his vibe. Hey, uh, give it to a random merchant. It's a good salesman. Um, talk, talk someone into giving it to him as a Christmas gift. Claim this one ring is like super powerful, and it will like, <laughs> it will rule everyone if he puts it on. He will be the, the one. To rule over everybody if he puts on this one ring, you know? Right. This one ring, like, in the darkness will bind them. It's crazy. That would work so well. Why did you use a sword? It would, it would, there's no reason to use a sword. There's no reason. <sighs> All right. You said, a, 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 give me a, like, something to throw at him. Give me the slingshot of Shannara. How about? Yeah. Yeah, slingshot would be great. The boomerang of Shannara. So if I miss, it comes back. You get a few tries. Or make the sword really long. Why is the sword short? You gotta just gotta touch him with it. It's a game of tag. Let's let's like maximize our success rate here. Right. They went too much for aesthetics here. The, the the form came way before the function on this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, okay. Alternatively, they were like, quick, we got to cast a spell to take out the Warlock King. What do we have lying around? And Shannara, this Shannara guy is like, well, I've got this sword I was using. Um, I've also got like half a roll of toilet paper and um, like a stick of gum. And they're like, you don't have anything else we could use. The Shinara guy's like, mm, not really. That's all I carry. That's all I carry with me. Not anything that I'm ready to give up, you know, because I don't really want to touch this thing after you're done casting your spell on it. Uh, yeah. Because that's the... Uh, why sword? Why sword? Don't do sword. Don't do sword at all. You do anything. You should do anything else than sword. Which we well, have. to be fair, to be fair to them, it is the summer of swords. It is the summer of swords. So you, and, I guess you do have, and to. they know that, <laughs> and they, they do know that it's the summer of swords. Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, spoiler for Aragon. I'm not going to do details, but uh, big ending of Aragon vibes here. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I don't want to say anymore. But yeah, totally big yeah. ending of Aragon vibes. I want to talk about one more thing before we get to reviews, Luke. Is there anything else you want okay. to talk about? No, that's it. <clears throat> okay, I want to talk about one more thing. So this whole time, the Warlock King's deal has been that he doesn't want to die. Mm-hmm. He's like searching for immortality. And then at the end, we find out that Alanon... And the druids also, like, already have immortality. It just, like, comes at kind of a cost where you have to, like, hibernate every so often. Right. Like, that's got to be a slap in the face to the Warlock King, right? Well, I'm a... security knew that, though. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. So actually, what is the Warlock King doing? What? How? I, this is crazy. Are these consequences for the Druids that inconvenient that the Warlock King is like, yeah, I'm happy to be a weird incorporeal shadow creature that causes death and destruction throughout the land because I don't want to hibernate for a couple of years at a time. He hates naps. Is it worth it? <laughs> this lead okay. Th- this leads to the question of like, what has he been doing with the extra time that he has? Yeah, I yeah. mean, he has been refining his vibe. He has been chiseling his True. aesthetic to a razor's edge. That's correct. I mean, now we we have to answer the question: Was it worth it? Which is tough, I think, which is tough. It is tough. Um, I feel like in this druid castle, the beds are just like really uncomfortable. See, I think that I think the Warlock King is more of a firm mattress kind of guy, but they've only got soft mattresses. And so every time they go into the druid sleep, he wakes up with like just so much back pain. <laughs> And he's enough. And, and you're <laughs> saying you're saying this is the reason why he decided to shed his corporeal form right. and like, become for one thing, a no spirit of evil. No more naps on these garbage mattresses, and no more back pain. We're going. We're going. No naps and no physical body. We're getting rid of our physical body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Two birds. Easy. Potentially worth it, I guess. Um, the thing about this though that I'm still struggling with he is incorporeal mm-hmm. what in my mind that means you are no longer tethered by physical reality why why okay. is he chilling in his castle why is he chilling in his like skull fort when it seems like he could just be wherever, like flying around, doing stuff. Right. What? What? What are you doing? Why are we chilling there? Well, there's so much cool right, stuff like, to go see. Like and there do. are advantages to having nobody. Yeah, which he's. An, I feel like he's not using at all. He's. He's just. He's sitting like a person with a body would in one place. When like you could phase mm-hmm. through walls, my guy. <laughs> So, okay, the sword has to touch him. Uh huh. <laughs> no. I feel like you don't have to worry too much about like it. You, you don't have to try to like destroy it or destroy the bloodline. You just have to not be touched by it. And like as a being without a body, that seems doable. This is like the easiest Barely game of tag that has ever been invented. He's like, he's like, okay, so I just learned that sort of Shinar is here in the basement, and the last remaining um, heir of Shinar that can use it is there and has it. Um, I should probably go check it out. <laughs> he's like mostly surrounded by death and destruction. Yeah, and. Um, maybe I could just like fly up into the clouds for a few days. Right. Or like a gnome comes up and he's like, sir, would you like to use the strategically placed C4 to collapse your whole tower on top of them, killing any living creature in this facility? He's like, no, I should just go look. I've been working on this. I've been working on the skull building for a while. Maybe it's a hoax. You know, maybe it's not actually them and I don't want to do the whole exploding the skull for nothing. It's it, there's just like we got. I'm gonna say we got lucky in defeating the warlock king this way. Yeah, we got incredibly lucky. Um, I mean, good for us, right? I think he deserved exactly. to lose. He definitely deserved to lose. I would agree there. I don't know if we deserve to win. I think both sides maybe. Yeah, could have lost. Yeah, that here. would have been probably would have been the way to go for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to reviews, Luke. Okay, let's do it. 
I want to start my review with like something I liked about this book. Okay. We already talked about the battle scene at the end, which was good. I was so excited for ancient artifacts to show up in this world that were like modern because we learned that this world is like way in the future of our world. And Mm -hmm. at one point there's an old man with a flashlight and he's like, it's an ancient relic from an old time. And I was like, this is cool. I'm excited for all. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. He was like doing a light in the forest to bring the skull bearer away from uh, Shay and flick. And then he shows up and they're like, what is that thing? And he's like, don't worry about it. And it's a flashlight that he's got. Okay. And I was hype for more of that. Like I was so interested in them, like uncovering these ancient ruins of, our civilization and like finding cool stuff um yeah and so then i was very disappointed when there's literally two instances where that happens and it's like there are so many opportunities here there's like a whole video game franchise that is super popular like the horizon zero dawn series is extremely popular and that's like almost exactly this concept of just like way in the future exploring ancient ruins of our world like right do, terry do more of that please i wanted to see more of that um and so yeah that was like a big disappointment with this book and the other thing about this book which was tough i was like skipping every other line by the end mm, okay because it just felt like a lot we were hearing the similar things of these mental processes these characters were having over and over of like, I wonder where Shay is. Man, can we even do this? Wow, it's really dark and desolate here. And I'm like, all right, cool, 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 cool. And oh, cool, there's the sword. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like maybe a little too long. A little too long on this bad boy. I think that's I think that's fair. Um I think that the last like third was a little bit better for me because like things were really happening. I mean, that's obviously the case with like every book because it's the ending, but um, this, <laughs> I'll be honest, this one kind of needed it um, to pick up a little bit. And it did. I mm. think, like I said, the battle scenes were very cool. Um, I, a lot of the things that we've outlined in the past couple episodes, I think, can show some of our some of our frustrations maybe with the book. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to go with this necessarily. I felt. I felt that like a lot of it could have wasn't super well thought out. Like the the distances. There were a lot of weird things um, like we just talked about. It seems very easy to escape if you're the Skull King. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think we'd also love to see just another woman in the book. Maybe more Maybe than one. one more. Maybe more than one yeah. would be good. All yeah. Right. It's... <laughs> it's tough this one this one i mean it was i read the whole thing (laughs) you know what i also read the whole thing and and now we're here talking about it now we're here talking about it we talked a lot about it Uh, yeah it was it was fun Um, it was fun to talk about for sure it was fun to have on the pod (laughs) (laughs) um it kicked off our summer of swords um which yeah another great thing that's something um, we're let's go ahead and let's go ahead and say how we're we're continuing the summer of swords mm-hmm. next week uh you all know it you love it we're gonna hear about the sword of uh martin the warrior as we read red wall by brian jakes next week finally red wall we're getting to it Oh, I'm so excited. I honestly I'm honestly really excited. We've been talking about it for a while. It has probably um, been 20 years since I've read this book. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I'm very excited to see how the food descriptions hold up. Oh. I mean, we're going to get way more than hot meal. 
way more. It's going to be awesome. Uh, now that I know what a scone actually is in real life, I'm very curious to see if they sound as good as I thought they did. We'll see if it holds up. We'll see if Redwall holds up after knowing what a scone is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, Luke. We're going to be reading the first uh, third of Redwall, which is actually divided up into three books, which is perfect. So yeah. read book one for next week in Redwall. That's right. We'll be around, coming up with hot takes. And being dumb nerds. Yeah.